Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This week in league, Adam Cuthbertson is still into running for Super League's Man of Custard Award. The bloke who failed to take advantage of being with Jennifer Hawkins lectures the NRL on taking advantage of Hay Mania. We count the terrible, terrible cost of Rugby League Christmas festivities. And we review the 2015 Grand Final. All that more this week in League. Welcome to episode 209 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Welcome to all our new listeners for an episode that's going to be completely without context. You're not going to know what the fuck's going on because, uh, yeah, but the season's pretty much over. You're going to have plenty of time to listen back and get that context that you so desperately need at yeah, the end you, of this show. Yeah, you, listen, you, you go back and listen to the, listen, listen to the back catalogue and you'll get a feel for what, you know, why and how things go down as they do. <laughs> On Rugby League Christmas, uh, <laughs> on the first weekend in October, first Sunday in October. Twillness. <laughs> Just fucking sensational. And firstly, as it had done for the last couple of weeks, big shout out to Betting Club, betting.club. Fucking boys looked after us on Sunday. <laughs> oh, great Look, bunch of dudes, great bunch of guys. And very did, tolerant. Very tolerant because I was exhibiting... people. Are you, are you just totally absolving yourself of any of it? I didn't do anything wrong. I was. A I didn't do anything drunk. wrong. Uh, well, I was a delight. Thing, all I did. I was a delightfully entertaining gronk. The only, the only thing I was doing was that fucking angle of that bottle opener on the fucking box was just shitting that me too. Shit. So I was just fucking. I was just. I was just bashing the tops off the beers on the fridge. Mm. And you know, no one ever pulled me up on it. No. It worked like a, was, it worked far better than the bottle. I was right, giving you know. it to Jack Reed. I was making smart ass <laughs> comments to the gentleman that said I look like David Warner in the box in front of us. I did say you like David Warner, did you? yeah. And then we had old mate look like um. Then we had old mate, old mate behind behind you that was saying that I look like Frank Pritchard, and then <laughs> and this other Dan was saying that he looked like Danny Green. <laughs> Neither of us look anything like the guy you said. Look alike, Dave. <laughs> Uh, what else did I do? Oh, standing up on the, standing up on the bar on the railing. Let me take a photo of you as the Broncos are coming out, and you were absolutely fucking masturbating yourself. It was fantastic. Um, I was pretty, I was, I was pretty rowdy. Let's be real. It was, it was lots like, of hugs, one, one of those hugs, days. and just you know, Fair, everything was everything was fairly fairly incident free. I thought. Didn't really. I mean, yeah, Dan, I, I mean, Dan. I don't know if he got kicked out of El Loco, but he was outside having a smoke. And I doubt, got, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I doubt he got his way back in after he yeah. told the manager to go back to fucking Eastern Europe or something. <laughs> when he's into that invading Poland yeah. again. So there, Dan. What a fucking upstanding gentleman, and didn't deserve the things that I was saying to him <laughs> about being the world's most unattractive man. <laughs> And he copped it, and he gave it. You know, just was so polite and helpful. Yeah, and, and he's good people. And he came down to El Loco too. And he's I, a great man. Yep. 
but I don't think can't really drink. Did I have yourself, any? But no, no, no. They call him the evaporator. We're talking about piss fit. He's like the George Rose of being piss fit. Yeah, like there's there's more chance if he's standing there with a with a beer, there's more chance of it evaporating before he drinks it. Yeah. Um, but I I don't think I I don't think there was anything that I could sort of write a list and say these are the things that I should be regretting t- the day no, after. I, I regret nothing, and that's good. I'm happy with that. Can't say that that's always the case when I have I that much alcohol. I don't talk about the game and and, and stuff and stuff like that at, at this point. You know, the one thing it was like you know in a day of like what the fuck moments. Fucking cat cafe, next to El Loco. Are you aware of this? No. I'm standing there. Dan's having a smoke. This is just after he's told the manager to go back to Eastern Europe <laughs> and she's going to fucking fight him. So I kind of stand between them. Walked her back inside. I mean, to, so don't be, worry about to be that fair, car. he did deserve to get into a fight given the fucking attire that he yeah. rocked up. So then, we're on that we're on Five O Street, looking, you know, waiting for a cab, trying to get everyone's trying to you know see if there's a cab to hail or whatever. I turn around, there's Cat Cafe immediately next to El Loco, mm. and so they would, must have just been opening up, and uh, and uh, you know, an employee's out the front, sort of wiping their thing, and I was going, what the fuck is this, Cat Cafe? So he said to the employee. No, I was, I was I was I was very sincere and polite, and uh, young Japan. <laughs> when Jack- you said, "What the fuck yeah. is this?" this that was that was my that was my like, tone. Thought. That was my tone. Okay, but it was just you know, I, was, I was like you know I was I was trying to be more like sincerely interested, but I'd had a hundred beers at that stage, so obviously that wasn't you know completely the case. And then so she says, "Oh yeah, you, this my recollection is, you know, you still pay about twenty bucks or something, and you can have like a latte and I don't know like a." a you know, a muffin or something and you know pat a cat and they got all these rescue cats in there like I believe the number was maybe 17 13 something like that and like but what if I got my own cat what if I put a leash on my cat can I bring my cat in and just pat my cat if I don't want to pat those cats oh no yeah. and she, yeah, she what if I'm what if what if yeah I'm on a leisurely stroll with Jamie Seward yeah and all and of a sudden, like, well, you have to pay 20 we bump each. into Ben Cray. <laughs> and we're yeah. like, boys, would you like a coffee? <laughs> and you just st- you happen to be standing there in front of the cat cafe. Can you take them in? Do they have yeah. to be on leads? Yeah. Do they class as rescue? You can take cats? that far. And then, and then some cunt like fucking Andy Seeks takes a picture and fucking sends it to my missus. Like, I look at him fucking chatting this fucking bitch up. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. What's he doing? Why would He's, you do that? Like you, I mean, that's a code breaking. In the constant, in the constant battle, in the constant ebb and flow of the battle between which one of the Valentes is the shittest person? Yeah, it's know, probably new, the bloke that didn't show up. Hit, but well, yeah, but I mean, you know. I'm pretty sure I committed A to going to ACDC. Oh, he's been trying to get Mario. People, he's been trying to get people and going B, to ACDC all the time. I think he's going to rock up to my house and expect to be put up there because I, I think I offered. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, the man that lives in Armadale, he's going to be out the back looking for a fucking orchard or a veggie sheep. patch or something. <laughs> goat to have sex with or something. I don't know. He's going to be disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Let's just get into some other stuff first. We'll get back. We'll, we'll get back to the meetup because there's some people tweeting about you know mm. about what happened and that. So we'll talk about it more then. But um, from Twitter, from the mailbag, Eddie and Zed, question for the podcast: If there was a Twill Nation Marvel jersey, who would it be based on? Well, Superman. Well, there, there Here is. We go. Well, this is where you tell me I'm ignorant because it's not Marvel and that. You did it on purpose, yeah, though. You yeah, did, you know, I did. I mean, I did. Know. It wasn't funny, but you know, it was on purpose. 
the thing is, what do we base it on? Do we base it on is like, a, is it a personality thing, or is it like a powers thing, or is it? It's got to be someone that's kind of like the the colours. It's like Iron Fist is, you know, he's yellow and green, so he would he would be perfect. Um, Kick ass. Yeah, don't. Uh, no, why would you do that? It's the only thing I can think of is yellow yeah. and green. Sometimes I've had this discussion before. Fox and kangaroo. It might surprise you. It might surprise you. I think it was probably the discussion. It was probably with Hilgenfeld. But it's, uh, well, we've, he and I have had a similar thought. Now, yeah, there's something, yeah. like, there's no, something no, I'd write on my no, list no, of no, things what I he said, No, what he, what he said was, it was something like, fuck kick ass. Oh, you know, okay. Anyone who'd reach that as a fucking cockhead. And, uh, he'd, probably yeah. say that. he'd probably say, look, at the end of the day, that fuckhead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds like something you'd say. It does. It's uncanny. <laughs> look, honestly, yeah, clarify your, I mean, Eddie, clarify your question, like. I don't, I don't, know, I don't understand what you want from me. And that, you know, in you know, order, and we'll buy some more time where we can. Do yeah, it yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Iron Fist is a kind of color, you know, thing matches up perfectly. So, Shanta eighty six. So, a workmate of mine won tickets to the grand final too. Sat next to some North Queensland fans, including a couple of big older ladies with what appeared to be enormous breasts. As it turned out during the evening, they'd stuffed their bras with bags filled with beer. As the night wore on, their boobs got flatter, saggier and lower. Then one turned to the other at full time and said, Looks like you'll have to do a nudie run, Shazza. And I thought Birdo would be hard to beat for looseness on grand final day. Wow. I don't know what to say to that. Was the name really Shazza? I, I believe it. It sounds like a Shazza thing to do. It does. You know? It does sound like a Shazza thing to do. And what was a friend's name? Mazza. Kazza. Kazza, of course. Have to be Kaz. Andy underscore Siegs. I expect your listener numbers to drop this week due to pussies like Mad Dog who can't handle real talk. He's <laughs> <laughs> the only Mad Dog. He's tweeted us here. He's, this, is a very, this is a very good tweet, actually. Very timely tweet as, as we record this show at about half past nine on Tuesday night. Mad Dog underscore no space. I've blocked Chapo, Niles, Kay, Salmon, Mup, and Frogmore in one night. I hope they enjoy their chips with my salt. Ash so salty. Ash so, so salty. And as of 9.30pm Tuesday night, well, it was about 9 o'clock it was, or 8.30, he's blocked us as well because I just couldn't resist taking a shot at Ben Hunt. Um, oh, Sammy boy, underscore oh, Sammy boy. Thanks, Nate, Glenn, and all of Twill Nation who I can't fit into a tweet. Fantastic day Sunday. Pleasure to meet you all. Much love. What a fucking great bloke. Sammy Boy is so good to see someone come all the way from England. Just to come to our meetup. Just to come to our <laughs> meetup. And the things, the fucking sacrifices that guy had to make. He had to do fucking Neighbours set tour when he was in Victoria. And he had to commit to Home and Away, although the Neighbours one was so shit that his, uh, his lovely partner, Georgia, was like kind of... Like let's just go to Palm Beach and not worry about doing the fucking whole thing. <laughs> Thank so, God. so he's dodged. He may have. He may have dodged a bullet. Although the whole home and away thing, she did have to spend the whole day standing around watching us carry along idiots. Well, I say us. I mean people that people, were at the meetup. Yeah, people at the meetup. Yeah, not me necessarily. Yeah. And, for, and 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 the best the best thing about Sammy Boy is you talk. You're just having a conversation with him, and he's talking about this geezer. And like that's just how he talks. That's it. <laughs> He's not putting it on. He's not even putting it on. He's... And this geezer does. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, sometimes you get a little bit spoiled by talking to people like Johnny Doran and that. You know, yeah, like yeah. Johnny's like a, a, a an upstanding toffee nosed Bradford type person. <laughs> Fucking aristocrat. Yeah. <laughs> but then you get a, a you know a real soul to the earth you know slumdog millionaire like Sammy Boy, and he still talks like you know. 
from the, the downtown slums of Liverpool, wherever the fuck he's from. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that entire nah, paragraph starting exactly with Johnny it. Doran. <laughs> JR underscore buff. Could JT get even better now that the pressure of winning a premiership with the Cowboys is gone? I read no. that tweet and I've been giving it a lot of thought and I think that there is some there is there is some uh, validity. I say this, I, I think there's zero validity. Is he, it's impossible for anyone to get any better than what he is right now. I don't think it's possible for him to get better now. And the fact that the winning the premiership, the, the pressure's not necessarily gone. The reason why they won the premiership is because people like Morgan and you know, these guys mm. have it emerged. So he doesn't have to be the one that's doing it all. So no, I don't think he. I, I don't think he can't get better. I Interesting think it's take. Peak like of his it. peak of his powers, and it's the people around him that have gotten better. You know, so it hasn't been him and Matty Bowen, and that's fucking it. You know, like when you, you know you get guys like you know like Payne and you know yeah Ray Rays and stuff like that. That uh, you know, not saying they're shit or anything, but they're not it's meaningful contributors. They're not, they're not meaningful contributors. The likes of like Lockie Coote and and, um, and Michael Morgan have been this year. Exactly. And then you've got Granville in there, who's been fucking next level, like the greatest hooker the Cowboys have had in fucking ever. Yeah, I mean, like you know, because well, Steve Walters, you know, <coughs> he was he was at the back end of his. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, and then you've got him sandwiched between two props who are you know almost on form in the end of the season, like one and two, and surprisingly, you know, you look in your fucking order, and you know, you you put Tamau in one. Yeah. Shockingly enough, yeah. Who would have? You wouldn't have started the season, season when you're like so, that yeah. guy's got you know he's fucking horrible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> Toto TV. I don't know what's worse, my AFL team getting a flogging on Saturday or the Broncos with one hand on a trophy to get it ripped away. I think it's definitely B. I don't think mm. Broncos fans, I mean, as humble as they tried to be, some of them, I mean, a lot of them germs, but as some humble as some of them tried to be, they never for one fucking second believed they weren't going to win that game. I don't believe that fucking they, they, head they, shit they, at all. They lost the game after the siren went. I don't know that anyone thought. They don't, no, I mean, before the game started. Oh, okay. I, they can they can hedge talk all they want, but there's no way you can't you can't have all you can't say at the start of a season oh fucking Wayne Bennett never loses grand finals and you can't you can't dine out on that shit and then expect people to believe that you truly think that oh no we're not going to win you know I don't think we'll win but it'd be good if we did yeah fucking save that hedging shit for Don Burke boys <laughs> now <laughs> but I think I think the flogging on Saturday that game was over in a quarter. Like it was over by quarter time, so it was boring as shit for the rest of it. So I think that actually having to make one more tackle and losing at that point, that's probably you know a million times worse. Shane Aaron Elvis, 2014 nines, Cowboys Premiers. Oh, sorry, Cowboys Premiers Souths. 2015 nines, Souths Premiers Cowboys. Hash teams to watch. So I guess whoever wins the Nines next year will win the premiership the year after by the magician's theory. Jesus. I hope you're patient then. <laughs> Fans of the winning team of the Nines. I'm just hoping you don't win the Nines. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I've got to wait two whole seasons. This is bullshit. Um, now, I don't like her first one I got here, Devonhead. Why aren't those straight out of Tool Nation shirts for sale? Why didn't you come to the meetup? Uh, yeah. These are both valid questions. These both both valid questions. I you know, a guy. You know, this is a this is a bloke that just jumps. He just hacks on. You know, you less so you. 
let's say he just hacks on me constantly. Yeah. You know, and, and I do feel the need to retaliate and defend my honour by hacking on him in return. Perhaps but only after being provoked, perhaps of he's, Perhaps his hacking on you only comes after... Like, he probably, he probably comes back at you once for every probably... Ten to fifty times. Look, I know sometimes you get a bit confused because you know you do so many podcasts, and sometimes you're like, "Oh, that's right, I I do a podcast with Trotters, and I you know should be on his side." No, (laughs) no, you fucking don't. You do a podcast with me, and you're fucking on my side. So shut up and let me finish. And you know you have the guy, and he's like, "Oh, you guys are great. Oh, fucking Nate, I love you." And oh, Glenn, I'm just going to hack on you mercilessly. Um. Then you have a guy that comes from Liverpool and says words like geezer and had to probably, you know, a meth lab in the bottom of his cottage, underneath his cottage, in his little fucking wet, for godforsaken town in England, came to our meet-up. Yeah, you don't... He's been saving for 18 years to no, make that no, meet-up. No, 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 he hasn't. 18 minutes... The dole in England, the way the exchange rate is at the moment, the dole in England is fucking Why 85... Why would you let me finish? The dole in England is like $85,000 Australian. <laughs> Moving to England. <laughs> this. Um, he, he can make it from England, yeah, yeah. from so, the motherland. That's a long way to travel. That's Glenn. a lot. You know, you know what's sand. not as far as England? Mr. Wars. Goulburn. Mr. Wars or Singapore. Goulburn. Yeah. Put it this way, the, the, the way it comes to fucking busting out a Supermax down there, they don't find fucking much trouble getting up to Sydney. Exactly. <laughs> he's Trotters, he's a free man down in Goulburn. He could, you know, someone oh, yeah, free man kill two birds with one stone, you know. fucking offer one of the escapees a ride. They could ride, you know, put a saddle on a pig. Yeah. Hook, hook him up the highway. There's a Minecraft but in no, there. But no, shit fan. So, <laughs> but yeah, on those shirts, look... It was like a calculated prototype move to see what happened, and it turns out it was fairly resounding success. So, you know, I probably will throw them up at some point. Um, <clears throat> Tall Hayden, I had seven hundred and fifty-seven beers during this weekend league meetup. Yeah, yeah, he did, and geez, he got gr- more and more gronkish with each one. Didn't uh, Tall Hayden? I bumped not- into him at probably. Throughout the day, I was trying to get around and talk to as many people as I could. Yep. And he just happened to, I'm pretty sure, you know, tactically, stood in my way a bunch of times. Yeah. Bumped into him. So where's my fucking turn, Glenn? Well, he had plenty everyone. of turns. And each time, he just gronked it up. Just mocking me. So you fucking threw me a... By handing me bourbons. I mean, what handed, is- me, handed me a fucking uh, Steve Menzies rookie card. Good bloke, Tor Hayden. He is, he is a fantastic human being. Well, every, every, everyone there, I mean, except for the exception of fucking Dan Burton, everyone's pretty much a good bloke. Was there, right? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Love it. And uh, I'd like to go on the record and say that I'm pretty sure our uh, our shouting little uh, um, set to is, has been nullified. And, because uh, you, you actually dumped like six beers right in front of him and said, now fuck up. Yeah. That's the end of it. <laughs> It is well, yeah. It is absolutely. It is over. I tell you, this the thing with the meetups. And then he handed him away like a cat, yeah, and he jumped next yeah. door to the cat cafe. Yeah, no minerals. <laughs> now the um, <laughs> the thing, the thing, yeah, the, the thing I feel worst about at at the whole meetup thing is it's just really hard to spend like a significant amount of time chatting to every yeah. single person. That's the one thing. The other thing is, every, it got to the point where people are like like you know. 
what you, I'm, I'm going up to the bar. What are you, what are you drinking? Yeah. And I've got like a fucking full pint in each hand. I, go, I said, honestly, man, I, thought, I appreciate it. But I'm just, I can't fucking, oh, I can't line them up anymore. I didn't I'm say going, that once. I'm just double fisting, I'm just double fisting these beers by the pint. And I drank about fucking 25 pints before we went to the game. But. Someone bought me a shot. Yeah, that was um, Tad Pike. He got tequila out for us. Oh, he came out I haven't with had tequila. tequila. My old friend tequila. I haven't had that since I slept in a face full of cat piss. It was good stuff too, apparently. And not at the cat cafe. And I must admit, I'm not a tequila connoisseur. So it, it all was, tastes the same to me. So, so, so the, the 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 undoubted quality of the drop that he provided was pro, was was it, it kind of fell on you know fell on you know deaf taste buds because yeah. very I do drunk. feel bad that there was a lot of people um, that who I appreciated everyone that came down and made made mm. the effort it was awesome. I just I feel like there was too many people. That I was like fuck. I didn't get to like sit down and have a chat yeah. with them all. You know, yeah, like same. I was like Ugh! same. And just, yeah, and then when you get drunk, it's so easy to get fucking sidetracked as well. Like, you know, by like someone else grabs you, and you know, someone else grabs you, and you're like, yeah. and just, you know, just, you don't want to feel like you're cheating people out, you know? Yeah, I feel, I do feel <laughs> like uh, we, we need to do it again next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I, I, once I get through his tweets here, I'll, I'll give you an idea that, uh, that I've got for next year. Okay. All right, um, the Biggest Tiger, another great guy. Almost. He's not, the, that's, that's false advertising. He's not the Biggest Tiger. I expected him. He's bigger than you. I expected he's him. He's tall. He's tall. He's, he's like he's tall Hayden, bigger than tall Hayden. No, he's not bigger than tall Hayden. What fucking what were you drinking? Oh, a thousand pints. I think okay, we've established sorry. a thousand fucking pints of beer. Well, okay. He's, well, neither of them are neither of them are bigger than Steve Roach at this stage. So I mean, it's no, a moot point. Exactly. <laughs> he's he's a great guy. Yep. Rocked In- out the run TMB yeah. shirt. In- okay. Incognito. He tried. He tried to remain incognito, even face to face. Yeah. Which is like a fucking tremendous effort. I got it out of him eventually, but fuck. So I'm not going to mention your name, the biggest tiger, because clearly I had to pretty much fucking <laughs> put you in a fucking Kimura to get it out of you. But because uh, I'm like, I'm not. What am I going to call you, biggest? No, fuck off. <laughs> but he said, "Ah, uh, yeah. This week the, the meetup was so good. I can't wait for the next one. I.e., the West Tigers next grand final. Jesus. So why don't we come next year?" I mean, what, you said you enjoyed it. Why won't you come for the next 10 years? <laughs> really? Can so you imagine, yeah. I just want to say, yeah. and I know you've got lots of funny jokes to make about the Tigers making the grand final, but... Oh, not really. Just imagine, night. Just imagine, <laughs> look how drunk I was. Yeah. Imagine if it was the Tigers in there. Yeah, imagine, I, yeah, imagine if it was the Tigers and they, they got, got fucking done die. last, you know, oh, as look, a buzzer beater. I would legitimately commit suicide. And uh, Solzy04, quote from uh, Make Me a Sandwich... At make me a sandwich on Twitter. Dan is more of a Dan than dashing. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. Oh, so he's, he's very he's a very quiet young man. Make me a sandwich. He is. But um, when he gets back behind his keyboard, nice guy. He's got some moves. <laughs> he has. He has. Tater. He's the undisputed chips. keyboard warrior champion. Yeah. Tater underscore chips. Can't wait to hear about how bad the Tour Nation hangovers are tomorrow. Oh, maybe you could have rocked up. Yeah, well, Kate. Well, she just she said did send me a message on the morning of and said, "Look, I was thinking of it, but I've elected not to." So scared. Yeah, catfish. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, she just didn't know that she was going to be able to control herself if she was in the same general vicinity as me. Possible, but you know, and and I, I'm I'm not one to try and fucking sell you even more <laughs> than, than you do yourself. Who can the, the power spew? 
You want to hear oh, about we're hangovers? We're going to bring that up now. We had no. Ha- we got, surely we got to get to that. We we have, we we, oh, you, we you weren't really you were tired. And you were sleeping all over the place the next day on the plane and. Yeah, I was, I was tired. I felt okay, but I was fucking. tired. I was a little bit tired. Got very tired by the end of the night, but um, I was one hundred percent fine. I don't know if it was the Barocca or what, but I'm fucking stunning. I pulled out all the and how much fucking piss I drank. It's just stunning. Like I didn't really mix them up though. Like it was just it was pretty much beers the entire time with that one shot. Of tequila. I had a moonshine with Birdo. <laughs> And a, um, and the tequila. Yeah, but you own bourbon. You're eating those, those side, um, ciders. Drinking those ciders as well. Bourbon. Yeah. Oh, really? It yeah. makes, makes it sound much worse when you do that. But I, as, as I was saying to you before we recorded tonight, it sounded like if you if you lined up six two-liter jugs of filled them up with water, and then over a period of about three minutes, tipped them into a toilet from a height of about a meter and a half. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> and I'm just there like, the first time I'm like, oh, fucking poor Glenn. He's fucking, fucking, <laughs> then it became like a science experiment. They, they You're fucking, like, wait. Like, they fucking got him. And the second one, I was just like, okay, well, now I'm starting to actually be impressed. And then sixth time down, I'm just like, how does one fucking fit that much liquid in their body? Like, your stomach cannot hold that much. It was pretty epic. It was pretty epic. And uh, look, my stomach still... Like my stomach muscles are still fucking tender. Yeah. Because come the end of it, like it was hard to expel that much out of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know your body still wants to get it out, but there's fuck all left to come yeah. out. Oh, and I was sort of half slumped on the ground. And <laughs> so that that explains why you had no hangover though, because you got rid of it all. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, early. I was. I slept really poorly. Yeah. A, you fucking snored like a fucking oh, jackhammer. I've got, I've got to say, I slept very poorly for the same reason. You slept like a, like a jackhammer. Really? Also, I just couldn't get comfortable in fucking single bed. Yeah, it was. It was like, pretty. Like one person look, in single bed is enough, but two of us fucking... Quite frankly, we should have pushed... In hindsight, this, this we should have pushed them together and nude it up like, and... Like, this is the thing, but I could, we couldn't decide who was Big Spoon, who was Little Spoon. Well, uh, you know. It's, look, we could have paper, scissors, rocked it. Yeah, maybe. Paper, scissors, mushroomed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, in, in, sorry, long long, long story short, um, Kate, there were no hangovers for us, but I would imagine there'd be several sore heads in the mix because some boys went pretty fucking hard. I, I did have a few moments during the day before we got home, like when we were at the yeah. airport and then on yeah. the plane where... Once I had something to eat and had a coffee and everything, I was, I was as good as gold. Tired, but like... 100%. I had a headache, like a bit of, like my head started to get a little bit foggy and I felt like just the warmth of the coffee on my forehead was like, oh, that's good. And then I, yeah, this, doing that. Yeah. I was like, if this coffee was five times as hot as what it is and we'd only just got it, yeah. I was like, it's, it's still not hot enough. Like I wanted to burn into my head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, um, Frogmore. Wally Frogmore, waiting for the injury slash arrest list from this week in League All-Stars meet, suspect a few sore heads and bruised egos. <laughs> I, I would imagine there'd be no bruised egos, many sore heads, no arrests or injuries from what I could tell. Yeah. As I said earlier, Dan came closest, you know, threatening the manager of El Loco. Yeah. But um, I sent an email to, the, to El Loco today and said, you know, it's fucking sensational. Everyone had a great time. Thanks very much. Can't wait to do it next year. Pass on, you know, my thanks to the staff and, uh, and the manager for 
He's such a wonderful host. Bob. Did they happen to respond? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the woman, the woman from bookings for the, you know the group, the Maryvale guys. Yeah, she she said, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to pass it on. And, uh, you know, it's great. You had a great time. See you next year. So it's like, look, I just want to head off any possible fucking. <laughs> before the manager gets in there um, like, some rude fucking cunt look like fucking Dennis Lilly transplanted <laughs> in the fucking modern times except without the manliness to grow a moustache um Lukey Lukey Dukester I have a note here for him just let me do one more tweet and because I want to talk about Lukey Dukester and a couple oh, of other guys I want guys. to talk about that motherfucker too just one thing Tall Hayden gotta say this week in league jerseys look magnificent in real life they do do you want to talk? Do you do you want to talk about Lukey Dukester real quick? I'm just going to go up and get the, the bit of paper so I've actually got the exact note. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Look, you talk let about me tell it. you about Lukey Dukester. Um, he sent us a little bit of a uh, cryptic tweet saying that he'd left something behind the bar for us. So we get there, and um, indeed he has left something behind the bar and on the bar in the in the way of a uh, a little bit of a bar tab for us, which is lovely. I thought it was fantastic. He's taken all the time and made such a great effort until such time as I had a little bit of read of the note that he left behind the bar, in which time I thought, this guy's a cunt. Because yeah, what happened was that the, the manager came up pretty much as soon as, he, you know, she asked people, obviously, who, who was Nate. And um, and then she came and said, you know, someone left this for you. And so she gave me the envelope, opened the envelope. Nate and Glenn, thanks for all the laughs, asterisks. Team of Destinies, Tigers in Declines, Referential Retards, Sex Pests, and State Traders. Hash Real Talk, Glenn, get fucked, you hash State Trader. This is all for Nate. <laughs> Love you guys, that Lukey Dukester. Unbelievable. And put 50 bucks on the bar. And slander. And I'll tell you, the way the drinks are just kept coming and coming and coming. The manager, she did come up to me fairly late and said, don't forget, you got that 50 bucks on the bar. But, yeah, drank the fuck out of it, though. And you also partook. So I apologise, Luke. I actually did cave and let, and let Glenn drink some of my bar tab. But, uh, you know, you didn't mean it. So thank you very much, though. And thank you to everyone who's like, you know, who bought us beers, like, gave us gifts and stuff. Like, you know, completely, thoroughly unnecessary. But, um, you know, very appreciated, you know, nonetheless. It's fantastic. It really is rugby league Christmas. Now... My idea for next year is I was like, this is just not fucking long enough. It's such a packed good day. <laughs> How can we make it better? And so I came up with an idea, Glenn, that I'm going to put to you now. And Tool Nation, and it's, it's circumstances have conspired to make it possible for next year. Well, it's not going to be an every year thing, but next year it's possible. Because as I was uh, passing out on the couch in the afternoon, I was just thought, sort of, <laughs> so many times I was lying on, on my back on the chair scrolling through Twitter and then nearly dropping the phone on my face because I kept falling asleep <laughs> and I heard Simone laughing across the other room just going yeah just laughing every time I nearly dropped my phone and one of the times it sort of just like woke me, woke me right up and so I'm looking at Twitter and people are talking about the um the Curry Knockout Grand Final that was on and so I got to watch it from about the four minute mark I got it real early at the start of the final game uh, the, the the adults final because they got like you know under 17s and stuff as well and I think it's a woman's one but um the main of the main one, which was Newcastle All Blacks versus um, Redfern All Blacks, and so did you watch it? No. It was a fucking epic game. Newcastle went out to a lead of about twenty-two to six at halftime. They had um, Will Smith was their fullback from Penrith. Um, fucking who else did they have in their team? Fuck, it's gonna kill me now. The Redfern side had Nathan Merritt, and I think they had um, both of the um, Robinson brothers. Um, oh, sexy eyes, dead eyes. 
but it was serial killer eyes, Reese. Um, fuck, one of the teams had Dean Witters, I can't remember which one it was, and he's been on a good pasture, like even better than when he was a player. Mm. <laughs> um, I saw a but, photo with him at the community, or was it with the community award or something? Yeah. I was like, Nathan Merritt's been on a pretty good pasture too, but he's still got... Can fill out a fucking suit, Dean Witters. He, um, he, no, Nathan Merritt's been on a good pasture too, but he can, can still he's run. He's been retired 12 months, yeah. hasn't he? Can, can still play, can still run, he's still got a little bit of speed. But there's some... And then you get the guys that are more part-timers and they're like, you know, like George Rose sort of physique guys. It's, fuck it. But this game, they were, I remember they came out and, um, in the second half and they're like, okay, so the you know, Redfin have, uh, you know, in the, in the sheds, they're like, you know, they got the heart and the like, desire to come back. And it didn't look like it was going to happen for them at all. They just, Newcastle looked so so good. But then somehow it got to the stage where they sort of came back with a try and then Newcastle got them again. So it's like 28-12 or something like that. And then they came back again and it kept coming and it got down to the stage at the very end of the game when Newcastle's leading 32-30. The ball went to Redfin and they got to about just over halfway, like 48 metres out from the try line. And the fucking guy's holding down too long penalty. So up steps this young 19-year-old uh, 5'8 or halfback. I can't remember which, what position he played. But um, like they had sexy eyes. They had Reece, Reece Robinson on the side. He kicks goals for Parramatta you know, when mm. he's there. But no, nope, this kid in the halves steps up right in front, halfway line, fucking pots it after the siren, 32 all, going to Golden Point. Nice. And they got to the stage where they were right at the end of the extra time, like 10 minutes. And then um, Redfin scored a try and win. Now, because of that, the way that the knockout works is that it, it's hosted by whoever wins. So next year, it's at Redfin. So next year, if it's on coincides, like the, the finals coincide, finals day coincides on that public holiday again, then fucking why not go another day? Let's, let's get flights home that night. Instead of first thing on Monday morning, get flights home like you know that night and then go and watch the fucking knockout. Jesus. And keep sinking more piss. When do we go down? Still to Sunday? Yeah, still Sunday, I guess. And then we just do, we just do, do so we do the same night, and then we can just go and watch the knockout and like the finals because they got the three Fuck, or four would, finals I on that day. Probably, definitely, probably, definitely, I could definitely have done with a bit more of a sleep in. Yeah, have more sleep in, and go and watch some footy, and go home at the end of that. Because when you said, "Okay, I'm going in the shower," I was like, "Fuck yeah, shut eye." <laughs> <laughs> couldn't get to sleep and it was like you were oh, fuck do I know what you were doing something then, else doing your hair or something fucking I was like sweet ass shut eye <laughs> <laughs> yeah but well there's the thing you, you, were, you were sort of pacing like you know you're all packed and you're like what time we got to be the airport I'm like mate seriously it's like fucking 7 o'clock and the flight's not until 9.20 I've already checked yeah, in motherfucker look, we don't have to go for ages don't never underestimate the level of my anxiety when it comes to getting somewhere <laughs> You fucking cheated yourself out of some sleep. That's all I'm saying. We could have slept exactly. at 7.30. You made it easily. Don't worry. Well, the night before, <laughs> yeah. what time do I have to set my alarm? I don't know. Okay, Nathan. Well, I'll set my alarm for fucking 11 o'clock then. If our flight's at 9, dickhead. Yeah. Well, what time is our flight? I don't how know. How much do I have to fucking spell it out for you, though? Like, really? You're going you're gonna to think to set your fucking alarm for 11 o'clock if it's a 9.20 flight. Well, you, really? You couldn't tell me what time the flight was, Nathan. This is the problem. I fucking told you what time it was. And Three fucking- days previous... Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't remember So shit. where's your fucking memory then? Poor. Clearly. Alzheimer's motherfucker. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, and once again, big thanks to the betting club, guys. That box, good times. Everyone was it's fucking outstanding. up. Outstanding. Everyone was up for a great time. Outstanding group of guys. And, uh, you know, just an outstanding way 
to uh, watch a game and, um, you know, with any luck. There was a man that I hugged far too many times yeah. in that box. Guy right next to you. We're besties. Yeah. So, um, Great man. So, yeah, we, um, yeah, hopefully we can work out some more things at Betting Club and uh, yeah, bring they some are, more. They are really, really nice guys and, um, you know, definitely uh, keen to get them involved in, in more of what we're doing especially you know meetups and things like that and yeah definitely get involved and yeah and they were great the two they rocked up to um el loco not long after it all started mm-hmm. and um threw out a ton of uh, polo shirts to uh, i mean simon asked me he said like how many people expect him like fuck i don't know like you know i told i'll tell el loco you know we'll start at 30 and you know there's a good chance there's more and as it turned out that was exactly right i mean yeah start at 30 but Fuck, you know, people it, came and went too, which was well because then you had your other ones like you had like Jill's posse that was like you know eight to ten people, and then yeah. you had like our popsha's posse that was about ten people. Then we had plus like the at least thirty that anyway, yeah, yeah, you know, that come. So, so it was, it was a, good, a big, good fifty big people. fucking day, yeah, yeah, big day. And, um, I haven't actually touched yeah. base with uh, with the great man our popsh yeah, since. I was no, I well, um, he'd be in a, he'd be he'd be still drunk, wouldn't he? I, I would imagine so. In celebration, um, so he crashed at his cunt cousin's place. But, his um his mate and I, I must admit his Twitter handle escapes me at the moment, but he's he's a fucking champion because he I I like to rate myself as far as I how I how hard and fast I can give it to fucking yeah. slips yeah yeah this bloke smashed you he's he's got it going on when it comes to hammering him <laughs> fuck it's fantastic it's wonderful oh. to see yeah yeah but uh, no great day for uh, great day for the great man that is Schwankervescence. All right, now, uh, Facebook. Anthony Papalo said, uh, This is to tell Glenn I know how he feels. Manly have purchased Tim Moulton and let Promising Junior Gutherson go. For fuck's sake, and you thought Tigers management was fucked. End the pens now. Now, that would make a great shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I All like right. it. Yep. Now, and um, just quickly on the housekeeping side of things, the uh, Eat, Sleep, Hunt, Mill for Peach shirts are being created. Um, it's too late to take on off there. I apologise. But you know, Stop it. <laughs> so they're going to be printed. So I'll probably have them next week and uh, send them out. And just with the jerseys, seeing the jerseys fucking hitting big time. It's like I took a couple down to people who were going to be at a loco, and that was all great. But even before the sun, like even that week on the Friday, people were like, yeah, I got the jersey today. Mm. And then I had um, uh, a guy in New Zealand today go, got the jersey today. And I'm like, you're fucking joking, right? Posted at the same time as the ones in Australia. And fucking like barge ass gets his jersey in where the fuck he is now, like Bundaberg or somewhere. He gets his jersey today, the same day someone in New Zealand gets it. <laughs> so, Crazy. And um, I think Special K got his today as well, and he's you know like Central Coast or something. I think so. It's Australia Post appear to have got their shit together and uh, and dispatched them in fairly timely fashion. And I'm and you know well done to the New Zealand Post. He's fucking killing it over there. Uh, getting it out but um, yeah so those the, the Eat Sleep shirts they'll be coming out uh, very soon as well and uh, the second I get them in my hands uh, you know I'll say say so on Twitter and then uh, post them out to everyone who has ordered one News, obviously, it's what you call a slow news week. You know, when you remove everything that's you know like an angle or a or a human interest story or whatever you know surrounding the grand final itself. So, um, first story though, and this happened right before the grand final, I think the day before or the the morning of. 
Jacob Loco, his career is in tatters after the outgoing Canterbury player was arrested over alleged possession of ecstasy on Saturday morning. The Bulldogs confirmed in a statement that Loco has been investigated by police in relation to possession of the drug ecstasy. The NRL Integrity Unit have been notified and the club will continue to investigate the issue alongside police. Whilst contracted to the club until the end of the month, Loco has been told he would not have his contract renewed for 2016. Uh, Loco never featured in first grade for the Bulldogs. He was banned for four games after a wild city brawl with George Tafua back in March. He was spared the axe by the club. It was fined $10,000 with 2500 suspended, given 150 community hours, a total alcohol ban with random alcohol and drug testing option for the club anytime, and compulsory continuation of counselling and education program. He hasn't played NRL since the last of his 23 games for Parramatta in 2013, and uh, he pleaded guilty to high-range drink driving in February. Fucking unbelievable. That's utter implosion and career ending. Absolutely. If, if it wasn't already reaching that point. You just wonder, you know, the NRL has an integrity commission. You just wonder what they're they're, they're commissioning. Um, there, there needs to be some sort of code or... I don't know. I don't exactly... I'm not smart enough. It's it's too much for my tiny brain who's that's still recovering from an epic weekend. But players should have to sign off on, and I'm sure that part of their contracts would have, you know a sort of clause as far as their behaviour goes, it just seems like guys are getting two, three, four chances at multiple clubs. Yeah. When yeah, they should be able to conduct themselves in a manner as a professional sports person where, the, you know, your life doesn't involve high-range drink driving or domestic abuse or drugs or... Yeah, but look, you know, in Loco's defence, though, if the club is going to put him on a total, total alcohol ban, then they're pretty much driving him to the molly, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just... <laughs> put me on a total alcohol ban <laughs> and you believe I'll be fucking pinging off my dial. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Um, you know, these guys obviously make a decision at some point in their life that they're going to be a professional footballer. And, and, you know, not everyone's a Jackson Blakely that makes that decision at six years of age. I'm sure it comes later in life for others. But the moment you make that decision, then it's fairly well documented and and reported upon that, you know, you you do live a life that's under an intense amount of scrutiny, especially if you're part of a Sydney club. Um, And it comes with the territory. If you if you want that and you you want to be that professional sports person and, and play rugby league or any sport, but as far as this show goes, if you want to play rugby league professionally and you want to get the you know the, the dollars and the, the adulation and all the rest of it that comes with it, then your ba- behaviour has to be of a certain standard and 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 your values and and what you stand for and what you partake in off the football field has to be of a certain standard that that befits the the values that of the game. And, and and the organisation running the game. And I can take it a step further than that, though. You should, you, you know, like everything you said is correct about, you know, the way they should behave and stuff, you know, for the privilege of a career where they can, you know, blah, blah. But also, like how often this weekend, like this last weekend excluded as a special occasion, but ordinarily, how often would you absolutely fucking slaughter yourself on alcohol or whatever and then rock up to work and do your job? Yeah. Now that's just like doing, you know, you know, essentially like an office, an office job, right? Now, if you're a professional athlete, 
you want to maximize. I'm not saying your, I've never done that, but no, but you want to maximize as a professional athlete. You would you would want to maximize your earning potential, and as a professional athlete, the way you maximize your earning potential is by being a better athlete and you know drilling your skills you know so on. And it just it's so counterproductive to be getting pissed and the rest you know anyway. And that's why you get guys like um you know guys like JJ Watt who just the puts so many extras in and just drills everything and he reaps the you know the benefits of being you know one of the most valuable players in the game exactly. you know and they're um, they're bound to be well, look at guys like you know you talk about Matty Parcell that guy barely drinks Fit as if fuck. at all doesn't eat anything out of a fucking packet i know for a fact that the grocery bill at his family home is <laughs> fucking astronomical is, is is the same value as certain countries fucking economies yeah um and that's the lifestyle he's chosen and and look at the guy he's, he's one man, one man of the match in, for nearly every game during the final series including the fucking national competition yeah. you know one that they played on Sunday before the grand final his first day as a Brisbane Bronco he broke the, the club's fitness records twice in one yeah. day um, you know, there's something to be said for that level of professionalism. Exactly, and it's, and he, uh, he's reaping rewards. And I'm not saying that he's like the paragon of fitness in fucking rugby league, but even look at you guys like Matty Ballon and so on. You yeah. know, there's there are people that you know have a reputation for that shit, and you know reap and reap the rewards. And then you got your locos, and you know, there it is. And you got George Roses even someone who doesn't necessarily get into trouble. Yeah. But you see the dude is a fucking lazy trainer and, you know, and not a strict eater and all that sort of thing. You just wonder, he's obviously got skills, obviously, but, you know, if you can only do like five, ten minutes, like, fuck Dave Taylor. Mm. All the potential in the world, lazy fucking trainer, lazy lazy eater. Dave Taylor's size and physical ability with with someone like Matt Parcell. Ethic and, you know, yeah, yeah. A fucking goat. And that's when you probably, that's when you probably get a guy like like a Sam Burgess or something like that. Mm. Yeah, you know, that's probably what he's like. Exactly. You know? So yeah, you, and you just wonder with you know to use you know we're talking about Loco and, and we use him as an example. He's made that choice and he's made you know those, those sacrifices to 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 be a professional athlete and, he, and there would be a lot of sacrifices even to achieve you know to play any first grade. But yeah. It's just like you just if you tell someone like I can look into the future, yeah, you, you fucking eat properly and do everything that your coach says and and um, fulfill your program that your strength and conditioning coach tells you to fulfill, and I promise you, you can exchange that effort for like you know two million dollars over the next four years. Hmm. Would you do it? <laughs> Absolutely, I will give you two million dollars in four years' time. Well, not even that, because you're putting in installments, obviously. But if you just do the you know, X Y Z, you don't have to. Fucking like it'll be hard work, but this is the but reward. But what does he do? You know, like he's he's put all that time and effort and sacrifice into, it. and he's he's not special or unique. But what does he do now? Like that's the choice he's made. Okay, I'm going to be a professional athlete. He gets off the rails and gets distracted and thinks he's invincible. Yeah. Now it's going to be taken away from. Him. What the fuck does he do? Yeah. What else yeah. is he good at? Yeah. It's. It's a fucking sad tale because there's going to come a point in that guy's life where he goes, you know what? I, you know, for injury and and stupid fucking decisions off the field, I could have been one of the premier fucking centers in the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because exactly. that is that talented. Mm. Exactly, it's, it's 
it's a fucking sad tale. Clinton Newton has called for the NRL to take the lead in promoting rugby league in the United States to ensure the game properly takes advantage of the interest generated by Jared Haynes' NFL conversion. Um, the uh, recently retired Newcastle forward Newton, a representative of USA Tomahawks international side, is currently the boss of the Rugby League Players Association. Speaking as a former player who has resided in the States, the 34-year-old urged the NRL to badge and provide guidance to the USA Rugby League administration to take advantage of the momentum generated by Haynes' exploits. We need to revisit how we engage and capture that audience. When you have a population of more than 300 million, if you only capture half a percent of that audience, it blows anything out of the water we can create here in Australia, Newton said. The biggest thing is giving him an opportunity to view the game. I think the game could invest in trying to capture that audience by investing in putting a CEO in over there and keeping their competition running right by putting in good governance and a strategic plan for them moving forward. They could put the NRL logo on their jerseys and competition so the governing body and teams can leverage off that brand, which is very strong, the strongest rugby league brand in the world. Rugby league is a collision sport, and they love that. It would be incredibly disappointing to see a player drain going towards the NFL, but with what Jared has been able to do, league will be spoken about over there. We can show a country like America to show just how good our product is. Uh, Newton pointed the way to rugby union was beginning to be played at college level, capitalising on the interest generated by sevens tournaments. I'd love them to potentially put together a nines tournament using the current teams in the American competition. They could use recently retired players to go over as part of a travelling roadshow. They would get money to go over and help coach and train some of the current players and coaches. That way you're taking it state to state over a period of a couple of months when the NFL season isn't on to generate some interest. In a perfect world, we'd be making these strides forward to make the most of what Jared's been able to do, which is incredibly brave and an amazing achievement. So, he goes on and... I think he's, he's fucking spot on. He's fucking spot on as well, yeah. I just... I find it baffling that the sport, like the NRL, with the, the, the administration that they have, which is, is in large part quite savvy, yep. couldn't look at that and go, we're going to drain every last ounce that we can out of yep. this ex- and, and get as much yep. exposure as we can. They're showing Jared Hayne in a Parramatta Eels jersey on fucking Sports Center mm-hmm. and in the NFL coverage. Yep. Come on, guys. Yep. Tap it's, into that. This is the thing. It's it's really fucking easy to do it too. Like, that's the thing that shits me. It's not like they have to do anything that difficult. They really don't. They're just, it's just like they... I don't know if they think it's too hard or... They don't know quite know how to do it. They, it can't be that they can't. It's, it can't be that they don't know how to do it because if you know just regular people like well, us can see. So. I mean, surely people who actually have worked in the game talk to any some fucking time. advertising people. Oh, I don't know, but you know, David um, News over there. He's made he's made great strides with the American Rugby League, yep. um, and you know, I've heard you know there was some stories with fucking your mate Apple. Yeah. Um, Apple Pope. Yeah. Taco. And his family of vegetables and other food groups. Um, You know, there was some reports there that uh, the disputes between two different governing bodies or something. And, you know, Apple was the captain and all of a sudden Junior Paulo is is the captain of America. Yeah, Apple Apple fucking didn't even get get in the side. And and yet he was the captain through all the trials that actually gained them qualification to the fucking tournament i think you know as um newton has sort of pitched providing some governance and some leadership yeah. um and and some some general 
guidance and, and exposure for the, you know in return for that exposure and, and potential massive market yeah. for the NRL why don't they set Huge. it up like they do with some of the clubs here in Australia anyway and why don't they just have fucking you know Manly owns they don't own but mm. like they're they're like like we, like we had with Sun, like we had with Sunshine Coast Eagles mm. back in the day and like the you know some of the other clubs still maintain relationships with the Queensland competition you know and I'm not saying they need to be like genuine feeders but you can at least share like you know techniques coaching administration rugby league administration stuff and just like collaboratively sort of work together and even that alone would give such a leg up in professionalism to administrations of these clubs and you know an NRL club you have a 16 club comp and each each club is under the wing of an NRL club mm. and they, they can send their guys out to you know attend training see how it's done like we've done you know you always see like things like you know NRL coaches back in the day would go back they'd go over to the states to sure. see you know the strength and conditioning and you know things that you know NFL clubs do yeah like. same thing except it's how to run a rugby league club and obviously, you wouldn't want to send anyone to like West Tigers or somewhere like that. It's fucking shambles. But you Just know, there's, there's another this is the thing. <laughs> it's the unprovoked attacks. Like I get where I talk a lot of shit, and you've got to try and chop me down. It's those like where I'm just here and I'm just sitting here and I'm quietly listening, showing you the respect of listening to what you have to say, and then all of a sudden, bam! Sniper bullet side of the head. <laughs> But no, like until I started trolling that last, that very last sentence, like, I think I think it's a great idea, and it's and it doesn't require it requires very little effort on the NRL's part, very little effort on our club's part either, because it's really just making yourself available to these guys, and you know, fucking send over your, your best couple of players, let them run through strength and conditioning and things because like the, you know, the level like, of athlete over there just duly to the based purely on the volume of, of population. You know, there's Mate, guys that don't make the NFL draft. There's guys up, that can't play arena football. There's, but 32, there's, there's 32 teams that have you know, that start off with damn near 100 players every fucking... And that's the players that actually make it to the practice squads for the training camps. Now, you've got college players that don't even make it to that level. And then, or don't get drafted or anything. And they're like year old, Yeah, and don't get picked up. And then, as they proceed through like four weeks of the, you know, the training camp, four weeks of the preseason games and things like that, and then the remainder of training camp, then half of those guys, almost, well, you know, 40% of those guys, they're not getting a full-time slot either. Take a couple of those off and you now they're going in the training squad and so on and injuries. You're still like dealing with, you know, 25 players times 32 teams who aren't getting a run anywhere and they're just basically having to stay fit and everything, either hoping they get a call up from, you know, like a free agent thing or they, you know, they're on a practice squad for next year and they try again and they make it or not make it or, you know, which team picks them up to take them into, into the practice squad. So, into pre-season, sorry. And the companies, you know, Why couldn't those guys do it for a year? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, but, the, the, you know, if you get that right amount of exposure and start, you know, getting people's attention, the amount of companies over there that with with a small, for them, a relatively small investment could bankroll the whole fucking competition. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you could have the rugby league competition, run it in the States mm. across, across, you know, well, run it across their summer, like opposition, you know, opposite side. So in line with us, 
and you know, unless you want to, you know, and you're competing with the NFL directly, you know, give it a couple, a couple of weeks. But even so, I mean, like you know, competing with the NFL, we didn't even think of it like that because it'd be such a minnow thing. It wouldn't, you know, it would have its audience, and you know, it would be ridiculous to even think you'd be like you know removing audience from the NFL. But these guys are already supreme athletes. They're already they should know how to fucking train. Like, you know, this, the strength and conditioning thing, America, you know, sports, professional sports, innovate that shit. So, I mean, they didn't have to learn that office, but um, it'd be more like just rugby league specific yeah. drilling and, and coaching techniques and things like that. And there's just such a, a player pool that, this is the thing, Amer- America, if they were fucking serious, they would dominate rugby league in like 10 years time or something like yeah. that. If they put those fucking athletes like gigantic fucking mobile guys that are faster you know, than fucking wingers over t- over 40 metres. The amount of six foot something behemoths that they could put into a side. Yeah, yeah. But like fucking with this footwork and, and yeah. pace over like 40 metres, which is like half the field. So it's not like a burst thing. I mean, yeah. it's like they make a break at halfway and they're probably not getting caught, you know? Like, uh, it's just, yeah. It's a no fucking brainer. Exactly. I can't believe why... I can't, but, can't and, believe they haven't jumped all over it. And it's and it's, you know, there's there's political stuff and all that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, do people really, you know, if if it's if it was just politics blocking it in the states, I mean, do those people over just, there do they really I want to fucking, start their own empire like or do they actually want the fucking shit to work? I'll never understand how it's taken a guy that wasn't very good yeah. at rugby league, yeah, and the son of a man that fucking walked into a helicopter blade. <laughs> He's here telling the NRL what they need to do with their fucking game. And Jesus. this guy, I mean, like, he knows all about bad decisions when he fucking turfed Jennifer Hawkins to concentrate on his footy. Exactly. So, and he fucking can see that it's, you know, it's such a no-brainer. So, you know, what's it say about the fucking rest of the administration out there? Um, <laughs> during the grand final, I don't know if you remember this because drunk, but um, the uh, NSWRL Twitter account... <laughs> Wow. Well, the New South Wales Rugby League is investigating how a sexually explicit photo from a pornography account was retweeted from the official New South Wales Rugby League account during Sunday night's NRL Grand Final. The tweet went out to the account's 51,000 followers just before 9pm before it was deleted within 60 seconds, according to a New South Wales Rugby League spokesperson. The New South Wales Rugby League account immediately sent out an apology that said, Sincere apologies for recent unusual activity. Our account had been hacked. Normal service now resumed. A user shared a screenshot of the original tweet, which was picked up by others on Twitter, including Channel 9 commentator and Fairfax columnist Phil Gould, who said that the account was obviously hacked. A New South Wales Rugby League spokesperson said they're investigating the tweet and were in talks with Twitter to try and ascertain whether foul play was involved, given it occurred on the biggest night of the Rugby League calendar. It's something we didn't really want, that we really didn't want to see on our feed. It's not something we've done, so we're investigating, the spokesperson said. The original tweet from Pornhub was four days old, meaning there's a possibility it could have been spam. Users who pointed out the New South Wales Rugby League account's gaffe and questioned it if it was a hack were blocked shortly after by New South Wales Rugby League. Now, look... <sighs> I'm not even going to speculate. This is what happened. The digi for New South Wales Rugby League. Find me the digi who is who does the New South Wales Rugby League account, and I'll fucking show you exactly how this. They're running it. They're clearly running a, a a phone or desktop Twitter app where they've got multiple accounts loaded in there. They're on their fucking personal account, having a good old time. See the you know see, see a funny a funny tweet from Pornhub, so they retweet it. I go, my oh, fuck. I'm on fucking my New South Wales Rugby League account selected. I'm not. I'm not on my normal one. 
just I'm not even gonna say allegedly. That's exactly what fucking happened. No one was hacked. I just don't. That's get, not the first time it's happened. I don't get how people can't just go. You know what? Guy managing our account runs multiple accounts. Yep. Yeah. You know, he follows Pornhub. Sack the guy. He or she. He or she follows Pornhub. Saw that. Thought it was entertaining. Retweeted it. Thought it was from their personal account, which is their right to do from their own personal account. They can retweet whatever the fuck they want. Yep. Turned out they made a mistake. They've been reprimanded slash sacked. Let's move on. This is hacked. Everyone gets hacked. How many people are out there going, just tapping away at a keyboard, going, I'm going to get into this guy's Twitter account and retweet some porn? No, who's and doing that? One t- no one's doing just, that. And just the one tweet, and um, I've hacked their account, but somehow they managed to fucking um, delete that tweet within 60 seconds. Yeah. That was really quick. How'd they realise? No one's doing that. No. No one's sitting there going, you know what? This random person, New South Rugby League, Paul Gallen, Ben Barber, fucking whoever else has had a fucking... Tapping away, tap, tap, tap at the fucking keyboard, yeah. just hacking in. Now I'm going to send a tweet. One. Just one. Just offensive one. fucking tweet. Yeah. You know what? If I hacked your account, mm-hmm. I would go fucking ballistic. Yeah. I'd send 200 tweets in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Just one. One offensive one, everyone. Oh, hang on. Wee. Hey, I've been active. Yeah, one offensive one. <laughs> Come on you said You can send 200 offensive accounts on my account. People go, oh, well, just a fucking another day in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Standard operating 200 procedure. tweets in a minute. Jeez, Nate slowed down on the tweet today. <laughs> she hasn't been as abusive as normal. <laughs> so, yeah. So, just fucking, I mean, admit there was... Admit that Stop guy, treating people like they're fucking idiots. You've got a social media policy as part of your employment, I'm sure of it, especially when the employment itself is a social media, you know, intern or fucking, you know, social media manager position. That that exists. You've got the policy. You've got the, the you've got something contractually that says what they can and can't do. They've done something they can't do. Fucking fire them. Get a digi who isn't shit. And I know that's hard because digis are fucking idiots, you know, by general, you know, generally by their nature. Jesus. And, oh, that's... That's we ex- fucking started on that's digis. That's explosive. That's explosive. Fucking come at me. Fucking seriously. Run straight digis. Fucking seri- fucking prove to me that one of you aren't a dumb fucking idiot. Wow. Dead set. The stupid fucking shit these dumb fuckings do. And even if it's not offensive shit, it's just the dumb fucking campaigns they come up with in their head. Like they fucking eastern suburbs, like all oh, the fucking love to hate thing with South Sydney. What are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, the fans are going to start fucking cracking each other in the head with bottles, but you know, can't imagine how that could happen. Not us fucking inciting shit. Just what it is, it's like people who want to be in advertising or PR and marketing, that sort of thing, with no fucking qualifications other than a dumb fucking kid that's been sitting in front of a computer for 20 years of their fucking life. Essentially, oh, I can fucking use the Twitter machine. I can use Facebook. I've got a Facebook account, I've got a Twitter account, I'm a fucking social media expert all of a sudden. You speak the truth, sir. Fucking Wild West, man. And as soon as they get professionals in there, and you could just see the fucking, you know, the excellent good natured bants that fucking goes on with your NFL accounts mm. in between like rival accounts and stuff as well, and it's fucking hilarious. But no, we can't get that. We just get fucking salty fucking idiots, porn retweets, misspelled fucking ignorant shit, blocking fucking people, you know, people who've won the fucking member of the year within the last four or five years. Um, Shit like that. Ridiculous. Good point. Can we move on now? 
That kind of went somewhere where I wasn't expecting it to, but I stand by everything. Fuck them. Now, speaking of fuck them, Robert Louis. <laughs> this cunt. This fucking cunt. You sound like me. Look, at the end of the day, this fuckhead. <laughs> cockhead. Robert Louis. He's going over to join Genius at Salford. Now I do sound like you. You do. At Salford like next it. season. But this is the funny part. He's left the door ajar for a future NRL return. Oh, he signed good a two on him. Year, he signed a two year contract with Super League Club, but um his understanding is that it's the second year of his deal is an option in his favour. He wasn't offered a new deal by the Cowboys and with a desire to play first grade, he said he's eager to re establish himself by taking on a new challenge in England. I knew my time was up, Louis said. The boys were going real well and I want to play the highest level of footy. I'm just gonna take it year by year. I want to move my family over, settle in, train hard and enjoy my footy. I'm really keen to go. It wasn't a hard decision. So last week Sheen's resigned as Australian coach as if it was ever his fucking choice to take up a three-year deal as director of rugby with the Red Devils. One of his responsibilities is managing their, managing their roster. In doing that, he signed former Tigers prop Ben Murdoch, Masilla and Louis until the end of 2017. Louis has played 89 games in the NRL, 43 of those under Sheen's coaching. I get along with Timmy really well, Louis said. I've known him for a long time and I think there, I think going there will help me. I'm a bit older and wiser. And hopefully a little bit less domestic violence And how's he calling him Timmy? I get along with Timmy. How so there's is not that? like a respectful coach relationship there. It's Mr. Sheens to you, motherfucker. Coach. <laughs> coach. coach. I don't really know what to say about that. I... Good riddance. How'd the fucking visa get processed? Someone is sleeping How... over there in fucking England. It, it seems like if it's not a big, you know can't play out in the media like you're stopping a big celebrity from getting into your country then it's open slather two times yeah or was a re- was a conviction recorded either time that's the probably the problem first time she didn't first time she didn't even uh, press charges oh, it blends into me which one was which which was the one where she was getting kicked in the pregnant guts and which was the one where she was getting slammed in the in the sliding door i forget i i'd put them both together to be yeah. honest i find it hard to do, differentiate which yeah. one is potentially worse they're both deplorable. Um, doesn't deserve to earn a single fucking cent from rugby league. And uh, the fact that Tim Sheen's long-time Louis apologist is, is continuing his deplorable fucking stance on the whole situation is is poor, to say the least. So uh, I hope that the English Super League delivers the very fucking worst that life has to offer Robert Louis. Yep. So we won't see him for another year or two. And uh, I guess then, the, then the the stressful time begins again when he starts talking about wanting to come back down, and uh, we all pray that it's not our club. Yeah. Um, also, over in England, uh, tragedy for Cuthbo, Adam Cuthbertson, when Zach Hardacre, he won the Man of Steel. He was rewarded for his scintillating form when he scooped the big prize at the awards night in Manchester. He was judged by his fellow players to be the man to have made the biggest impact on Super League 20. He topped the pole of players ahead of his Rhinos teammates Adam Cuthbertson and St. Helens prop Adam Wormsley, the other members of the Steve Prescott Man of Steel shortlist. So look, getting on that shortlist is a big achievement. Adam Cuthbertson. Fucking... (laughs) Maybe the most surprising piece of rugby league news 
the surprising thing that's happened this year in rugby league. I agree. And I'm talking about, and I'm including the end of the grand final. He was fucking washed up. No one wanted him. No one. The game had given up on Adam Cuthbertson. Yeah. Man, once dubbed the next Graham Eady. Yeah, gee, whoever said that was fucking ridiculous, though. They love they love dubbing stuff. Like your Matty Moylan's the fucking next Darren Lockyer. Yeah. Um, they love the next whatever. And, you know, I'd love to say that I've paid a lot of attention to the English Super League and the quality of that competition. But, but now I don't need to. You don't need to now because you know the quality is awful. Well, it has to be. Even at his absolute best, which was clearly shown five years ago, Adam Cuthbertson wouldn't be good enough to win, you know, the best player in Reggie's, let alone the national competition. Give me a break. England, sort yourselves out. Your rugby team sucks. Your people don't wash. You've all got poor teeth. And Adam Cuthbertson is a top, almost a top, your rugby league echelon. It's appalling. Warm beer. Gypsy weddings. Sorry? Gypsy weddings. Gypsy weddings is, is, is another scourge on that country. Sweet shit. Okay, for the good people of Twill Nation, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check out the service. If you like it, keep on rolling it. Uh, if you don't, cancel the account any time. I remember someone was saying on the weekend, like, oh, you know, how, how are you with the selling it? Were you just like fucking... You're saying, yeah, just cancel it. <laughs> like, I'm like, look, and my reply was, at least I'm not like Bill Burr. Like, he'll read, he'll read them out and he'll literally read everything that they provide him in the script including directions like please stress the blah 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 <laughs> he'll just read it straight out and just laugh about what they're saying go what the fuck would you say that for you know like <laughs> and just totally mock the shit out of them so um i'm not being like that at all i'm just telling you it's just a fact you can get your free ebook and then go in there cancel the account immediately no further payments no further payments no fucking payments period because your first month's free so you got 30 days to fucking get in there and get rid of it and if you want to keep it rolling then by all means do it i mean fuck everyone Everyone pays for apps and, you know, for their phones and everyone's, you know, you know, subscribes to like Spotify and Netflix. I mean, you know, subscription monthly services are not, you know, you get Foxtel, I mean, they're not a fucking mysterious thing. I mean, everyone does it. And so if you actually want to keep it rolling, then by all means fucking do so. It doesn't cost a lot. Now, this week, I have a recommendation. Came from Frogmore. Just chatting to me on Twitter uh, yesterday and, and today. And uh, he um, has recommended this book. And that's uh, one I've heard of a little bit on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast. And so, fuck, it actually, when I saw the title of it, I was like, oh, yeah, that, um, you know, I have heard of that. And it's rated fairly well, 4.4 out of 5 overall. Uh, it's by Sam Sheridan, and it's uh, called The Fighter's Mind Inside the Mental Game. And uh, so, basically, Sh- Sam Sheridan, he uh, does for the, it, well, he tries to uncover the secrets of mental strength and success. So he interviews dozens of the world's most fascinating and dangerous men, including celebrated trainers Freddie Roach, Greg Jackson, uh, fighters like Randy Couture, Frank Shamrock, Marcelo Garcia, uh, ultra runner David Horton, uh, legendary wrestler Dan Gable, probably not known that well in Australia, Dan Gable, but legendary fucking wrestler. And, uh, you know, what are their secrets? How do they stay committed through training, crafting game plans, um, you know, adjusting to, you know, problems and things like that. So you know, remaining mentally tough in the face of, you know, physical pain and training. 
So very interesting. I know it's very interesting to you as well, Glenn. Yes. That one, so I love it. I recommend it, and uh, yeah, Frogmore says it's actually good. Uh, at first, he said the guy in the rating it sounded like a fucking potato or something like that, but then he came back to me today and said, "Look, he's grown on him. I've read that. Like re- potato. <laughs> I was wrong, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I actually do. I am enjoying it, and so I thought, okay, well, I'll mention it to you guys. Uh, the Fighter's Mind Inside the Mental Game by Sam Sheridan. So um, yeah, look up if it sounds like your thing. It definitely sounds like my thing. I'm going to grab it, and uh, yeah. I'll let you know how it goes when I've actually read it as well. So to download your free audiobook, such as The Fighter's Mind Inside the Mental Game by Sam Sheridan, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league. That again is audibletrial.com forward slash this week in league for your free audiobook. Okay, one recap this week, that's it. And it is, of course, the epic 2015 NRL Grand Final where the North Queensland Cowboys 17 defeat the Brisbane Broncos 16. ANZ Stadium packed out 82,758 in attendance, including many, many Tool Nation people. Absolutely. Now, uh, this one, the Cowboys 17 came from tries to Justin O'Neill, James Tamau, Kyle Felt, Thurston, two of three conversions and a field goal. The Broncos, 16, came from tries to Corey Oates and Jack Reed. Corey Parker with a conversion. Jordan Kahu with a conversion. Corey Parker with a penalty. Jordan Kahu with a penalty. So. What can you say about the game? Fuck. It just... I think he, I just got caught up in the in the wave of, of noise and hysteria and... Drunkness. Drunkenness. <laughs> but pretty epic game of football in a lot of in a lot of ways. Um, the finish obviously probably amplified everyone's general perception of, of the game as a you know, as a, a testament to the quality of rugby league as a sport. Yeah. Um, it was it was gripping, it was compelling. Um, there was some Pretty good performances from from both squad, both sides. Uh, I thought Adam Blair was, you know, he's been helling back in his public perception over the last few years. But yeah. uh, he under Bennett, he, he's back to the the type of player that he was when he was at Melbourne. Um, don't know that uh, he was ever really used to his full potential in hindsight at the at the Tigers. And you think <laughs> it's fairly <laughs> obvious now, isn't it? So he. Uh, he had a fantastic game, and, and and I thought the Broncos, look, they had the game won. They, they were in front when the siren went, and mm-hmm. then they weren't. <laughs> yep. And Thurston, many, many opportunities to tackle Thurston on that last play, too. He mm-hmm. had to push away one arm with the ball, one arm. He's just pushing people away. He goes, you know, he goes right, he goes back to the left. Oh, fuck, there we go. There's a pass I can manage over that way, and... Uh, you know, found Michael Morgan, who found way too much. He must have started his run around 25 metres mm. out, 20 metres out, and just found a way to weave and weave and weave past, you know, three or four guys. Almost got there himself. But, uh, you know, Cole felt on the outside. Nice yes, flick pass. No doubt about the grounding. To lose like that, I mean, first and foremost, it was, you know, everyone was saying, you know, there's plenty of people saying it's, you know, they'd, they'd be happy to see Thurston take it out. Um, and then even Broncos fans were like, "Well, if we if we do have to lose the game, yeah, you know, they they were saying 
they wouldn't mind seeing Thurston. Um, yeah, I really judge people who speak like that. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe, like you say, Don Birking it. But... There's some Broncos see, fans that are fucking hurt, and I've got so much respect for those guys because it means they're not hedging on that fucking bullshit. We're like, oh, but yeah, Johnny got one. You know, Johnny doesn't play well, for your fucking team. Maybe not, not necessarily Broncos fans. I thought there was, you know, people that didn't necessarily have a have a vested interest in the game that... Well, those people would be the, the ones feel, that would, one of the Cowboys to win from start to finish. I, I like... Uh, I like what this does for for first, and I don't, I don't think there was any doubt that he was going to be an immortal. I don't know that there was any doubt that he's going to be regarded as one of the, the greatest players ever when he hangs him up. But this just cemented everything. And when you you look at it, like, and I'm loath to to put anyone ahead of of Darren Lockyer or, or Wally Lewis or you know Andrew Johns, the the ilk of that caliber of player. But but Thurston probably you know, he's won four Daly M's. Yeah, Lockyer never won one. And that's the thing with the Daly M. I mean, it's like like a premiership. It's a fucking long... It requires like a year of excellent mm. performances. It's not like, a, you know, Clive Churchill's like, it's, you know, it's a game. You man the match awards, it's a game here and a game mm. there. I mean, to win a premiership, to win a Daly M requires a full fucking season of excellence. And so to win four fucking Daly M awards it's, in a team that's not winning it's testament every to time... The, the, the quality of... Man that he is, it's testament to the quality of player, the the harder, the, the you know the work that he puts in, uh, and just as a, as a general fucking human being, he deserves every success. Um, we spoke about it last week, and um, his reaction at the end of the game was priceless. Um, and there's been a lot of photos of him, you know, celebrating it's and stuff, which you know some with his little daughter, which which is nice to see and. You know, when it comes down to it, the Broncos were in front when the full-time siren went, um, and they had they gave themselves every opportunity to win the game, only to uh, to let it slip from their grasp with, a, you know, a few seemingly smallish errors. But on that stage, and, and when the stakes are so high, there are no small mistakes. And you know, I think tactically, kicking for touch and, and putting the ball out of play. Every time on the last, in in hindsight, was probably a mistake. I say um, you live by the you live by the Bennett, you die by the Bennett. You do, and he that consistency and uh, you know the ability to close out games is something that they that they had mostly this year that they really did not have under under Griffin. Mm. But when you score two points in the second half from a penalty goal. And you don't really come close to scoring a try at any other point in the game, and then for the last twenty minutes you're just shut down, kicking the ball, and you know for the line, you know maybe putting it up in, you know putting it up five meters out from the try line, and you know hoping for a spill, hoping for you know trying to create a you know a repeat set, something like that might have been you know four points is is not enough. The Cowboys never enough. The Cowboys are a team that that never gives gives up until the final siren anyway, and they've shown that on numerous occasions this season with some pretty miraculous comebacks. To think in a grand final that two points um two points in a half and 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 shut up shop was going to be enough against a side like that which has proven four times previously um when going into the last 10 minutes behind they've won you know yep. four times out of 12. Yep. Um to think that that was, that was the play in a grand final, you had to chase more points. And you had to, you know, rely on your playmakers, Boyd, uh, Milford, Hunt, 
to come up with the, the big plays to force uh, repeat sets and, and build pressure and, and maintain field position, and they, they just didn't do it. They put it put it out, and then the Cowboys, uh, you know, toiled away and, and got the better of the field position and got one opportunity and took it and, and took that opportunity to tie the game up. Thurston had a quick kick to win it. Um, it wasn't to be, but then... Unfortunately, a horrible mistake from Ben Hunter on, on the kickoff for, for Golden Point. Spelled Brisbane's fate and, you know, Ben Hunt, he's probably taken 100 of those kicks this season. Yeah, felt with the old Paddy Richards special. Mm. Um, Got him in the end. Yep, skittled him and I, I think I think everyone in the fucking stadium knew that it was on. I thought everyone was expecting it on the first tackle from the scrum. It looked like they wished they were actually going to do it first tackle as well, but then they got they, the rush got on and just sort of yeah cut them off and they couldn't do it. And then they sort of went far, you know, wide left and, they, and you know then they had to take time to bring it back to get it back into a mm. decent spot. But um, I just go one step further on, on the negative play the Broncos had in the second half. You got to they played well overall, but in attack. The two tries they got were very fortunate tries. They didn't score a try through, you know, field position pressure and everything like that. It was like the, the one with Adam Blair was um, not fluky, but it was very much against the run of play. Mm. And um, and their other try was you know directly off a off a Thurston drop ball you know down his own end as well. And so um, whereas the Cowboys they had the fucking earn everything, everything they got you know no penalty goals you know, none of that shit so the closeness of the of the contest and the you know and the occasion and everything has probably pumped the game up like I'm I'm not prepared to you know enter submit the game into the conversation of like oh it's the greatest fucking grand final of all time because I don't think it, it wasn't I don't think it was an epic contest the entire time through until the last couple of minutes yeah, I think and the finish and the golden point and the, the stakes and, and all the rest of it probably might taint people's perceptions, but people can think what they like. I, I think the, the spectacle um, and the finish, you know, thirst and all the rest of it, everything ad, adds up to a a pretty special uh, event. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, the quality exactly. of the, the 80 minutes of football, you, you could definitely find games... Across the the regular season that were that that would pip the grand final as a contest, but um, the gripping gripping finish and uh, first and but fucking just emo- just like emotional fucking though at the end though like fucking yeah like all, all like and this is the thing once again something you know like didn't have a stake in either team winning or losing yeah. and um and so I didn't care which way it went but um you know prob- as as I fa- as I found in every grand final where I'm a neutral you do, you do definitely gravitate to a side and I definitely want the Cowboys to win far more than I want the Broncos to win so it you know end- ended perfectly for for my personal purposes but um it re- like just the f- it's fun- like the like just as a sporting event and like being there mm. it's fucking exactly the same feeling I can tell you, the only other time I ever felt it was fucking when I was doing media cage side at uh, Mark Hunt versus fucking uh, Bigfoot Silver UFC in like whenever it was a couple of years ago, and like fucking same thing. You're just sitting there, like, and I remember just looking at fucking Dave and like some of the other journos there, just jaw fucking just like, what the fuck even? What even is this fucking? Mm. Like this is just like it's historical, unfucking yeah, believe. Yeah. Like you can't just believe. You can't believe what you're seeing. There's gonna be times for the next fucking twenty years. Yeah. 
where you know the, the end of that game is is going to be talked about, and you can sit there and say oh, I was there, and you know, yeah, I watched yeah. it live, I watched it unfold, and and like um, nothing will take two thousand and eight away for me, but oh, two thousand eleven, you know, because it was a foregone conclusion, and you know the Warriors shit, and I knew we'd win. <laughs> Even that was like, not, I was not exci- as excited by that as I was by this. Mm. Like just in terms of like the fucking like you know the 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 thrilling ending and everything. Amazing. And like the, just the emotional fucking toll yeah. that it takes. Yeah. When yeah. you've had a thousand beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um. You know, we we uh, we spoke to a pretty distraught little Bronco at the end of the game, and, and oh, that was hell. that was fucking hard to do. Yeah. Uh, I, really, I really wish you didn't FaceTime that shit. Yeah, to be I, I um, I just wanted to see how he was doing, and turns out he was bawling his fucking eyes out uncontrollably, and it took his his mother a good half an hour or, or so after the game to to settle him down enough to get him into bed. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I mean, it's, it shows the kid's got passion. I don't know that it's overly fucking healthy for an eight-year-old kid to be fucking losing his shit to that level over a football <laughs> game. But I am proud of him for his passion, and um, and he loves his team very, very much. And um, but it was fucking hard. I was tearing up. You were tearing up. The old yeah. mate behind us was tearing up. He didn't know who the fuck we were or yeah, who Jackson yeah, before was, tonight, but, first time met us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that was the emotion on the night. I think everyone could feel it. There was a general energy in the stadium that yeah. is hard to explain unless you were there. And um, I'm certainly thankful and, and, and thankful to the, the guys from Betting Club, as we said before, and just you know extremely grateful for, for the privilege of, of being able to watch that unfold live. And, and like I said, it's something you you'll talk about for a long time. And it's one of those grand finals that you know there's there's grand finals that get mentioned over the years and. Yeah, and that'll definitely be one of them. You know, the 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 eighty nines, the yep. the ninety sevens, the fucking two thousand and fives, and you know things like that. They, it, this will be one for the ages, and um, you know for, for lots of reasons, but the, the finish especially, and the way uh, the way it all turned out. But just capped off a, a brilliant day, and and you know as far as. My experience with rugby league over the last six years, you know, to be able to interact with so many people that that support this podcast and 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 are rugby league fans, and and then to go on and, and watch that grand final was just a fucking epic day as far yeah. as footy goes. Yeah. It, was, it was brilliant. It's like one of those days you never want to fucking end. Actually, yeah, this is it. great. Yeah. Oh, let's see some tweets. Uh, Bernard JKD, um, for your show, do you think Jack Reed was man of the match if Bronx won? Utterly no, not even close. Jeez, I, I, I felt like I was giving it to Jack Reed a lot. Yeah, because he was fucking, he was like the the worst of Jack Reed for a while. I mean, yeah, he got a fucking try, great bully for him. Doesn't mean mm. doesn't you know that's it's that's not reflective entirely. You know, do I think Thurston should have got the, the fucking Clive Churchill at the time? Well, I think it was a foregone conclusion. We're talking about the people the all day at El Loco, and I said if the Cowboys win, Thurston gets the, the Clive sure. Churchill. If the Cowboys lose, there's still a very good chance he gets the Clive Churchill because it's kind of just how it goes. But um, look, I think that the Broncos, I think Milford was good. Milford probably would have got the Clive Churchill if the Broncos hadn't got mm. there. I think people like Corey Parker was great. Adam from Blair. The, from, yeah, Adam Blair was great. They're probably my three top guys in the Broncos. Moving over to the Cowboys. 
Morgan. You can't deny what Thurston did at the end. I mean, he threw the second last pass for the try and he got the field goal. So obviously he, he won them the game in in quotes. But Morgan was good. But you know what about like you know something out of left field? What about fucking Tamau? Mm. He fucking changed that game when he come back on again, and it's just it's absolutely dumbfounding to me that I can sit here with a straight face <laughs> and say that over the crucial period, last period of the year, he was better. He was you know quite possibly the best prop in the game, and better than Matt Scott. Yep, who was fucking great. Yeah, who who was no slouch himself exactly. So like the turnaround that 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 guy has put on. I just fucking mad respect. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing like a couple of weeks ago in a finals game where he was just tearing shit up. Yeah. Might have even been before the finals in one of the last rounds. And I was just like, fucking where has this fucking James Town... Like, Granville, he was fucking great too. Yep. So let's say... But, you know, look, okay, in no in no order of preference, I think the best... I've said the three Broncos players, I think Cowboys, um, you'd, in a 3-2-1, you know, I think Granville, Tamau, Thurston... And I think that you could have given... I mean, Thurston's the name guy. And a lot of the time, brand name wins in uh, in these games. But, um... Fuck. Epic. Epic. Epic encounter. And more tweets. you got to feel... Sorry, Saguna. you got to feel sorry for Lube Fingers Hunt. That last five minutes. Spear tackle penalty. Ball stolen from him and then drop ball. And I actually do, I do feel for Ben Hunt. I mean, if it had been Justin Hodges that dropped it, I would have fucking laughed until he fucking, you know, passed away as an old rich man. I would have just fucking laughed and laughed and laughed. I probably would have fucking died because I wouldn't be able to eat or drink just from laughing so hard. And I would gladly go to my grave giggling my fucking ass off at Justin Hodges and fuck him. But there's three Broncos players in the current lineup that I've spent any amount of time with talking to. And that's Maguire, McCulloch, and Ben Hunt. And fucking Ben Hunt was such a fucking chill, cool guy. And this was at a, a press day for that that UFC with Mark Hunt and, yep. and uh, at the Broncos Leagues Club. And they were the Broncos players on hand there. And while other media outlets were doing interviews with you know Shogun and you know some of the fighters that were there on the field um, out the back there at Red Hill, I was just shooting the breeze with these Broncos guys and. Um, no, he was he was fucking he was the coolest guy of the three of them to talk to, and he was just a really nice guy. And so I really I really feel with, I really feel for him because that's fucking terrible. One of those things in a grand final is fucked because you know that that spit, that tackle was terrible. To get fuck all time for it is is you know the match review committee can just fucking you know we've said it enough. Yeah, go and go and go and fucking tip Alex out of his chair and down the fucking staircase. Really, same same. Like, you don't give a fuck. That was terrible. Dude didn't drop at all. I can't even remember who he fucking picked up. But, like, didn't didn't jump or any. He wasn't trying to milk shit. He just got straight up dumped onto his fucking head. As vertical as you like. So, no punishment for that. But, yeah, I do feel for Ben Hunt. Uh, Steve-O wins. You should have heard the cheer on the cruise ship when JT kicked the field goal. I didn't realise all 2,000 people aboard hated Brisbane. Cruzy 6 it's been a great year, even after tasting a grand final defeat. My team exceeded all expectations this year, and I'm still proud to be a Bronco. Good on you, Cruzy. Sibber. Watching a replay of the grand final, Ben Hunt in the last five minutes makes Paul Carriage look like an immortal. Hash lifting, hash strip, hash drop a kickoff. God. Unky D. Got a feel for Glenn. Not everybody has to deal with the emotional roller coaster of two undefeated asterisk teams in one year. 
I just I don't feel like we should really give him any further airplay. You remember that? You remember that picture I put up though? This is the thing. You fucking do it to yourself by saying we multiple times, and then then. I took a picture with the screen there when some cunts getting announced like some Broncos player when they were going through the one by you know the number yeah, by yeah. number guy and he's you like like yeah standing up on the rail sometimes you've got to give the people what they want Nathan <laughs> uh, Andy underscore Siegs Hunt lacked the minerals required should borrow some from DCE the grand final clutch master <laughs> Matty McP25, the closest season in history was ended by the first grand final to ever go to Golden Point. Ash Funny Game Rugby League. Uh, Warrior underscore Cowboy. Speechless. I hope you boys are tearing it up. Or was it tearing it up? A little from column A, a little from column B. Can't wait for this week's podcast, Go Cowboys. Devonhead. Louis Karma officially lifted. Let that be a warning to cunt teams harboring sexual offenders and DV cunts. Uh, Cavernous Hope. Only 21 years to get a premiership. How about that, Sharkies? <laughs> Highway underscore Honest, Honestly Is anyone shocked JT won the Clive Churchill medal Predetermined Regardless of the outcome He had an average game At best Clutch ending But he he made some mistakes He did No doubt about it And uh, M Day One of my favourites Emily I get the feeling The crowd at the stock You aren't loving My obscene outburst Hash foul mouth lady Hash yolo <laughs> Hash get fucked cunts She's a fucking okay. treasure. An absolute treasure. Got that bitch jersey. Yeah. Bitches loves jerseys. Bitches love jerseys. <laughs> she's, she's an absolute treasure. And, uh, you know, get around her. Now, uh, that's it. Do you have any final words to say about the uh, the grand final itself? No. Just, uh, again, thank you for, for, to everyone, including players of both teams that made it such a fucking epic day. The Ipswich Jets. The oh, Matty Parcell scores Matt, in two Manly minutes. Parcell. Manly Parcell, he's got a fucking... Look, I've nailed on right now. Fuck the predictions next year. Revelation of the 2016 season. Nailed on, Matty Parcell. 2016 Dallian medal winner. Does he? Did he play too much Broncos to get Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I think so. Fuck. He's my Rookie of the Year for next year. <laughs> Manly Parcell. Just fucking... And fucking Billy Madness, that fucking idiot... Played Crazy. so amazingly in the Q Cup Grand Final the week before. Man of the match. Goes down to play this game and puts the biggest... I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Jake Mamo is a cunt and a fucking grub. I mean, just last week he put in, you know, a grub masterclass. But that being said, he's gone in, tried to fucking pick Matty Parcell, who's not a fighter. He's fucking... He's a young, he's a young kid, clean-skinned fitness machine, but... He's not fucking. He's not a dude that's going to knuckle down. So fucking Mamo tries to grub on him, but Billy Madness. There's one thing. There's 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 ways to deal with issues, and there's ways to deal with issues. And there's the way you don't deal with an issue on field. Is the Ipswich way is to fucking stealth. He fucking pushed in the jo- the left joystick, s- went on to sneak mode, snuck right up behind Mamo, and then fucking clubbed him with a thunderous right hand, ending Mamo's game, giving him concussion. So on and so on. That's the kind of punch. If you did that outside a nightclub, you're going to fucking jail. Straight up. Amen. No, dude, that shit was. I, f- I fucking loved you last week, but I mean, I've I've got to give you a wigger, please, on this one. What you just can't, you just can't fucking do that. And he's after the best professional week of his life, where he won the Q Cup with Ipswich. 
got selected for Scotland, and I think it was like Friday week he was supposed to be playing for Scotland. Well, that's probably that. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but I don't, I'd imagine that that's in serious jeopardy at this stage because there's got to be repercussions for such a. I mean, with punching being banned like it is anyway. It wasn't just a punch. It was like a complete fucking dog shot from behind. Yeah. Fucking not his, not his finest moment, but... Not at uh, all. But you earned your nickname, I guess. Yes. And that is full time for episode 209. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash this week in league. Hit the like button, share the posts, spread the word. You do a great job. But uh, there's so many, so many of you out there that just don't do that. I mean, it's just, it's just so simple. Uh, help a brother out. Now, iTunes got a review. And this one is the best defeated asterisk league podcast five stars from our mate, the biggest tiger. Dear world, I've always been involved in league. Loved it since I was young. It's been a huge part of life. Sorry, it's been a large part of life. To the point I thought I couldn't love it or be more involved in it, short of winning the lotto and buying a club. That was, however, until I started listening to this podcast. Twill is both a source of information and an outlet. They provide a way of seeing the game without your accidental bias through theirs. It's a way to catch up with the current rugby league news and issues relating to the common human, such as beards, films, coffee, and parenthood. The show provides injury updates as well as personal insights into playing habits and form. More than that, though, it has a living, breathing, sex-pesting community, a community which, although at times is volatile and aggressive, is at its heart a moving masterpiece. Similar to the great game itself, you will, without a shadow of a doubt, love this podcast. Its only problem is it only comes out once a week. You love rugby league, you love Twill, hash run TMB. That's beautiful. Twillies next week. Next week or the week after? Are we having a week off? What are we doing? I fucking do Twillies next week. Be the end of the week though, because there's the Twillies, the way the Twillies work is, mm. of course, you know. You Good deal. call. Yeah. So it probably won't be a Tuesday then. No, no, it won't be Tuesday. The Twillies usually be like, well, it has to be Thursday or Friday. I mean, a Friday is probably going to be better for you know sure. our lives because we don't have to you know get through Friday hung over and exactly. shit exactly so let's say it'll be Friday next week the voting stuff I'll get to that this week and uh, you know over the next couple of days I'll put up the the options and I'll kick some things back and forward with Glenn and you know some other trusted members of the community just to get some of the nominations down to a, to a manageable amount and uh, yeah if you've got any twilly categories seriously if you've got any twilly categories I mean we've we, we've had suggestions given to us through the year and some of them on the show, you know, we've spoken about all of them on the show, but some of them we've said, you know, yeah, that's actually a great idea, let's do it. I'm fucked if I can remember what any of those are. So um, <laughs> if, ever, if, if everyone could remind us of the categories that we sort of, you know, rubber stamp to, to add this year, then by all means that would be fantastic. And uh, yeah, I'll get the votes up over the next, next couple of days and then there'll be, you know, a period of about a week when you'll be able to vote. And uh, following that, the awards will be done. And uh, and that's uh, you had uh, I think it was Paul Mac underscore seventy eight uh, tweeted us through the week and said, look, you know, winning the Twillies is like the most fun I've ever had sitting, by, you know, sitting by my keyboard, drinking. So, and you know, we feel the same way as well. It's fucking, it's, it's awesome fun doing the old Twillies, and uh, yeah, look forward to it very much each year. Alrighty. Uh, tipping first. Oh. IGB 
cleaned it up. The top three all got the grand final wrong. In fact, only three in the top ten got the grand final result correct. So a uh, shout out to Goodnight CJ, Ben Diggity, and uh, Scott Beebe. The rest of you shit cunts got it wrong. But Nigel B still won overall by four points. 135 plays 131. Third place, Matthew Bell, 129. And then we go back through and uh, the 10th place, Scott Beebe, 123. So it's quite a big spread in the end with people, you know, rolling the dice and trying to, you know, make up points where they could. But uh, Nigel B, it was pretty clear he was going to win it from about three weeks back. And uh, so congratulations, sir. And a very deserved win in uh, what is a, a pretty decent-sized competition with uh, you know some reasonable competition and you know, reasonable tipsters in there. So well done, sir. And um, I just look—you can just look back through the previous weeks, and you can see there was a week about three weeks ago or four weeks ago where he um, he out he beat everyone in the top ten by you know seven to four, and that was it. That was his pretty—that's pretty much his winning margin. So uh, well done. It was he, he kept in touch. For most of the season, and uh, yeah, just got there at the end with a very good round. So congratulations, and um, that's pretty much fucking it. Home to bed. I feel, I feel, I feel like 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 on Sunday again at fucking at El Loco. Like I know that we haven't, you know, thanked someone who probably deserves it. Mm. And I feel fucking terrible about it. But everyone that came there, just know that we fucking love you, and it was awesome. And um, good turnout from Keg and Brew too, from fucking like ten. Sorry? Good turnout at the Keg and Brew yeah. as well at the start, too. And awesome. That was like, it was a Shout good out to Old Mate. Oh, and fucking Old, we didn't talk about Old Mate. Had a win on the pokies and then proceeded to buy well, a round of drinks. Well, we, were, we, were about, we were probably halfway in, in, into our first drink. Mm. Like, we hadn't been going that long. And there was about, what, about eight, ten people there at that yep. stage. And this guy walks up and he was dressed fairly well. And he walks up and he's just like, Look, guys, I've had a good win on the pokies and um, I'd, just, I'd just like to, um, to buy you all a round of drinks. And so we kind of like, oh, okay, what's this cunt's angle, you know? Like, what's the deal? And uh, sure, and then we get out to the bar, and he's like, when we're going to get out, you know, these, collect these drinks, and he's like, oh, you should try such and such pale ale, you know, that craft beer, that's uh, really great, that one's awesome as well. This bar has the best selection of craft beers you're going to find in Sydney. And so, like, look, mate, fucking, are you the, mar- are you the manager here? I mean, are you the marketing manager? You, we're already here, and, we, you know, we like the beers. I mean, fucking... You don't have to sell a place to us anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know, we're there. And then he sort of pulls out a bottle opener from his back pocket and starts swinging it around like it's a butterfly knife. And he's like, you know, oh, well, I, you know, I do work in hospitality. And he's like, you know, hand across my head. I'm one of the managers of the Coogee Bay Hotel. And um, then people start talking about the chocolate ice cream in the Coogee Bay Hotel. <laughs> but, but, you know, he bought, he bought everyone that, that was there at the time a beer. And then, and then about an hour later... Yeah, there were more people there and everyone's just having a great time, you know, shooting the breeze and, you know, drinking. And on one table, the thing of, like, cheese fries turns up and on the table where I was, a, a platter of um, of wings turns up and uh, the waitress just goes, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the guy that won the pokey sent these over. So I was like, just another fucking random act of generosity and, you yeah. know, like, just coolness on a day where there was just so much fucking generosity and coolness. So exactly, it's just... You know, it just makes it all worthwhile. It's just fucking sensational. Love it. So, thank you, everyone involved. I feel like I want to do a meet up every week. Yeah. Fuck doing the podcast. Let's just go to Sydney. Let's do meet ups all the time. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then after a couple of people have gone, why are we? What's the reason? For this? What are you doing? What are you guys doing? Why, why are we doing what? this meet up again? What, what is it for? <laughs> you come down from Brisbane every week, and we buy you drinks and stand around talking. And having a bit of fun. I'm not saying it's not enjoyable. 
We just don't know why we do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've forgotten what, the, what it's all about. Exactly. <laughs> we've lost, we've lost, you forgot where you came from. <laughs> anyway, that's it. See you next week. See ya. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.